Broadcasting from Boss Hog Studios in Hazard County, it's Scott Romine with Guadney Unplugged. Hey, Scott Romine here. Really excited to talk to our guest today. He its like a brother from another mother. We we just love the same things, 80s action films. Jack Cobo, and how are you, Jack? I'm very good. Thank you, Scott, for having me on the show. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, you, you and I are both big fans of 80s action films, and you've probably taken it even farther than I have. What was your first introduction to the 80s action movies? Um, well, like you, I'm sure, you know, we're all 80s kids, right? And we grew up in that era oh, where yeah. that was our whole lives, you know, going to the woods with a $10 survival knife and <laughs> yes. just playing around, making nunchucks. And just that whole 80s scene of just greatness is what got me, you know, back into it. What is the first one you remember seeing? Um, I actually saw First Blood Part Two in the theater, oh, wow. so that's probably that's probably why it's probably my favorite, you know, because oh, yeah. that experience as an eleven year old kid, you know, sitting there in the theater and watching that on the big screen was just crazy. Yeah, no, loved it. Nineteen eighty five was probably the height of all of this, and uh, Rambo yes. Two is my favorite one as well. A lot of people my die favorite, hard. Yeah, yes, it's the best one. I mean, you know, yeah. What do you? My think? favorite year, just in general, of pop culture. Yes. I mean, there's so many. It was like the height, you know. Why do you think? Commando. That, uh, why do you think, Jack, that modern action films just can't capture the same feeling? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I love Rambo Four, so I can't say it's just you know the '80s thing because Rambo Four that was 2008, and I I love that movie as well. But I know what you mean as far as other movies. They just, I don't know what it is, you know. I, I don't, you know, it could be part nostalgia. It could probably be part, you know, we're the kids and we're very influential. But yeah. today, I don't know. Too much CGI and stuff like that. And back then, they did it old school. You know, they did their own stunts and explosions and stuff. Oh, yeah. And it, it was so much more realism, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's like that's how I feel. a modern action star today, though, is not held in the same relevance as Stallone or Schwarzenegger was in the 80s. I mean, The Rock is a big star, but nobody right. looks to an action star today the way people looked at Stallone and Schwarzenegger in their prime. It was just a special time. I mean, it's it's hard to put your finger on it. I mean, these guys, even like today, I mean, still doing movies and the things that they're doing at their age, it's just, it's insanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're 80. You know, you know, it's like, my God. And, you know, in their 70s, like, still, you know, got Expendables 4 coming out. I mean, you know, still drawing the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's impressive. It is impressive. You know? and, and like you said, there's just nobody out there that's going to replace these guys. No. You know? Wouldn't you say that Rambo First Blood Part Two really established the theme of the one-man army? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what, command, that's what we have Commando, you know? It was kind of born out of that, you know? Like... Schwarzenegger, you know, kind of said to himself, you know, I got to do something here. And <laughs> yeah. you might come out my, you know, the one man army, you know, like it was just so, you know, Chuck so Norris, good. Chuck I just Norris love made it. made a few though, right? He did. He did. Um, I, but, you know, I love Chuck Norris. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Lone Wolf and Quaid. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, all, all those movies. But, you know, the Stallone and Schwarzenegger, they just, they hit me harder. I know for some reason. 
the, at that uh, time. Yeah, me too. The Rambo 2, I think, originally was going to be Salone and Kurt Russell running around in the jungle together like a buddy thing, right? Yeah, well, I heard of John Travolta actually. Oh, what? Uh, that, that's what that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's even better because uh, Stallone was actually working with John Travolta on *Staying Alive*, and I guess there was that conversation going on with the producers and stuff of doing the like the buddy buddy action film, but then they, you know, decided to do the one man show. So. You know, not a that's lot. What I, that's what I a heard. A lot of people don't know that James Cameron was involved in the script for the second Rambo film. That's correct, right? He did. He actually uh, took part in the screenplay. You know, and if funny tidbit, he actually wanted to do the opening scene in Rambo two as a psychotic ward, which it never happened. But if you watch Terminator two, yeah. James Cameron came back and he put it in his own movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys, so that kind of, that kind of idea. Yeah. That idea was kind of like, you know, he's like, Oh, well I can't use it in this film. I'm going to use it in, you know, Terminator too. So put it in my I own. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's so, awesome. So Jack, everyone knows around here that Rambo has an Arkansas connection. Of course, Jimmy Lyle in Russellville, uh, made the knives Absolutely. for the first two movies. How did he become involved in that? Um, I'm sorry. How did Jimmy how, Lyle become yeah, involved? How, how did his knife get chosen as the Rambo knife? Oh yeah, the story's out there. It's been written time and time again. But a quick synopsis is: I, I believe um, somebody introduced um, Stallone to Joe Ellathorpe. And he was kind of like the mastermind behind all the, the Rambo archery stuff. He owned a sporting goods store in California at the time. And that guy gave him Jimmy Lyle's information and said, oh, because Sly was talking about getting a knife for a movie. He said, oh, I know, you know, this guy in Arkansas, Jimmy Lyle, you know, he's really good with, you know, custom knives. And they put them in touch and the rest is history. Oh, it was yeah. all done on the handshake. Yeah. Just the handshake, you know? It's the... Not like today with lawyers and all this crazy stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did Stallone so... have input? So Stallone directly spoke with Jimmy Lyle about designing the knife. Yeah, like the the, the, the rumor is that, you know, he said, you know, uh, what's up, like no one, no guy, you know, like enough, <laughs> no one guy, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that, I believe that's why I heard the conversation went like, and uh, so Jimmy Lyle had to come up with something special. And, you know, that first blood knife, you know, that's that's a granddaddy of custom knives. You know, yeah. it kicked it all kicked it all off again and just brought it back to life. What is the value of a, of a screen used Rambo first blood knife these days? Oh, easily over six figures. Really? Easily. How many yes. of them are there? I mean, so there's a, there were six movie knives made for the production. And actually, Stone's number one recently sold back in December 2001 for a record $128,000 with Blyers Premium. That's 22 so that years tells ago. You, wow. Yeah. Two, tw 2021. So that was only two years ago. Oh, oh two years ago. I thought yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, no. Still. 2021. Yeah. So. Does Stone have you know, the rest of them or? Are they spread around? He has one. I believe. I believe he has one left in his collection. Um, you can see it in his office. You know, they took pictures, and you can see it in the background. He has all his stuff displayed there. Well, so I'm... he has one left, 
and yeah, that one sold for big money. Oh man! So I would think Lyle, of course, marketed the lives to the public once this movie had went so big. Was there anything were they numbered in a special way? I've heard of dot and no dot. What does all that mean? Yeah. So like I said, like the initial first six, it was a series of 13, the first 13 knives. And those first 13 had 14 saw teeth. So you go back and watch the movie. Those are the only knives that have 14 saw teeth. The one through six were actually sent to the production. And then the seven through 13 were, you know, kept by Jimmy Lyle, which he sold off later on to collectors. And then after that, he made a run up to 100. And those, um, which I have one of them, they have 12 saw teeth. And the 12 saw teeth version, they're all numbered, and it's just a number. So you got the first 13, I'll say 1 of 13, 2 of 13, that's how they were marked. Right. So, yeah, that was the initial series. And you have one of and the first I, 100. I do. So it's a funny story. Uh, I have the number 71 of the first original 100. And I actually went to the New York Custom Knife Show back in 2008 and met the author of the Arkansas Knife Smith book, mm-hmm. Jack Lucarelli. And we were talking, and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, so, you know, what, what knives do you have? And I just happened to mention, oh, well, you have the 71 first blood. He's like, really? He's like, because I have the 71 mission. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what are the chances? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I had a, and that was like in February, I had to like scramble to figure out a way. I kept, you know, in touch with him and try to ask him, you know, I'm going to try to get that knife from you somehow. <laughs> hey. You know, because he actually co owned the knife with the other author, John Hill. He was part of the book as well. Oh, wow. So they both owned it. Yeah. So I'm like, Wow. I had to sell some other knives in order to be able to purchase that one. Oh, awesome. Hey, we're talking with Jack Kobo. We're talking about movie knives, Commando, Rambo, all that kind of good stuff. He owns some of the original knives uh, made by Jimmy Lyle. And I guess what year did we lose Jimmy Lyle, the Arkansas Knightsmith? He passed away in 1991. Yeah, I so it was I was, I was still in high school at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. But I know he put out a lot of stuff. How did it move from Jimmy Lyle to a fella named Gil Hibben making the Rambo 3 knife? Well, I heard that by the time they got to Rambo 3, they wanted to do like a commercialized set of the knives. And Jimmy Lyle didn't want to do that. He wanted to just do like his custom knives. And he didn't want to really get into like you know, cheaper production knives. Yeah. You know, simulating his Yeah. So the kind of, that was like the deal breaker right there. But they did do that, that. you know, but they do sell them. Yeah. So that was later on though. I'm talking about back in 19, you know, back in 87, 88. Yeah. Yeah, So the late eighties, he didn't want to do that. And so what happened was actually, you know, Stone did meet Gil having at a knife show in California and Stone ended up buying a table full of Gil, Gil Hibben's knives. And they kind of like had a built a relationship there. And, you know, a few years later, um, Stone contacted him since the deal fell through with Jimmy Lyle and said, yeah, I got this movie coming out. You know, can you send me some stuff and see what we want to do, you know? And it worked out. 
you know, he picked the old hidden knife for the right. listeners inside the movie. There is another knife that we see in a certain scene that is much more similar to the original two knives. Why does that knife exist? And how did that end up in the movie when it's continuity wise, it's, it doesn't fit at all. So what I think what happened was that they initially, they, they had that it's called the rescue knife. It's yes. the hollow handle the rescue knife. with the saw teeth, very, very similar to like the other Rambo knives. But what happened was they shot, you know, Stallone was initially going to go with that knife. And that was one of the first scenes that they shot the minefield scene in Rambo three. So it would have been very cost prohibitive to them to reshoot that whole scene after Stallone changed his mind to go with the Bowie knife, you know? So, ah. yeah. Um, I like them both. I mean, you know, I just, you know, I, I did have a rescue knife, but I, I, I let that one go. Cause it wasn't, there was initially 20 prototypes made and those were made back in 1980s. you know, when the movie came out, 87, 88. Right, right. And those are the originals. Those are like really difficult to find. And then in 2013, I believe they did a reissue and they got another knife maker involved and they did like a collaboration. So they actually made that knife as well. Kind of like a re-release if you will. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so I really don't have a preference. I mean, I, I like them both. Um, the first two knives are like, obviously my favorites. Iconic. Yeah. But then, yeah, iconic. But I do love my, you know, Rambo three knife. So, um, there's lots, there's so many differences with these knives that people don't realize, you know, cause these, these knives were made over a long yeah. amount of years, you know, like you could have one from 1988 or you could have one made today and they're going to be completely different knives. That's true. You know, but they're, they're, they're really cool. I love them. Hey, we're talking with Jack Kobo about the knives from Rambo and Commando and all that kind of good stuff. People know the knives, Jack. But what is mm -hmm. the bow that Stallone uses in Rambo 2 and 3? He's got a certain bow with explosive arrows, but where did that come from? So that, that was uh, Joe Ellithorpe that I mentioned before. They went to him. He was a like consultant and even showed Stallone how to shoot the bow and everything. So it's basically called a Hoyt Easton Spectra. That's the model. And it had the fiberglass limbs with the huge... Omega wheels, so you wouldn't need a, a cable, you know, strap to keep you from hitting the cable on your arm, stuff like that. Stallone could shoulder the bow without a, the cable guard. So that's why that was made like that. And it broke down and went and in I, a bag. It fit in like a portable it did. bag. Yes, and I do have one of the limited edition ones, which that's a whole other story. But they were going to make a series of limited edition bows, a hundred of them. But, you know, there's rumors of why they didn't or why they did. So supposedly there's only 12 bows in the world. And I have one of them. It's a right-handed bow. And it has the little gold medallion on the riser. And it's extreme, extremely rare. How in the heck did you find but, that? <laughs> you know? uh, I meet people from all over the world. And the stuff, I don't find it. They find me. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, you know... You know, when you get an opportunity, I take it. And, you know, sure. same thing with the predator, predator knife. Yeah. A lot of things happen by chance. Nothing was planned. 
So like, and I just been the lucky lucky guy. I got to ask you the bow. What was the prop used to make those explosive tip arrows that we all know from the films? So those are actually just covers for actual razor sharp tip arrows. So what they just did is they put like a bondo putty on the bottom and like painted them gold around the cover, and that's all it is. And that's what the prop <laughs> department did. Nothing more. Yeah, They're called easy. Razorbacks. Oh. Razorbacks. You know? I'm not talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks, but, you know, yeah, yeah, they're called yeah. Razorback yeah, heads. And that's all they did. A little Bondo on the bottom, painted the gold covers, and ready to go. In Rambo, in Rambo 2, when he gets at the beginning of the film, people know the movie, he's got all this right. gear on and a jump vest and a helmet. You have sourced <laughs> yes, those things, correct? I have a lot of it. I'm I'm planning to do a life-size display. So I'm going all the way with that. I just haven't gotten there yet. I want to do you know, a life-size one-for-one Stallone in my house. How did you even figure yeah. out what that stuff was? Um, Obsession? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, looking at pictures and just going on the internet and just putting stuff in and seeing things that are similar and trying to figure out, okay, I mean, it's not easy, but if you have the dedication, you make it happen. You was, know, was I mean, I, stuff, I even have his watches and everything. Really? The yep. watches used at Rambo. I mean, I'm familiar with the yes, Arnold Seiko, which, but I didn't realize yeah. there was a certain watch that Rambo had. Yeah. So Rambo and Rambo two and three has the same model. It's called the Sport EDT used by the Navy SEALs in the eighties. And it's practically inf- impossible to find, yeah. but I have it and it's in full working condition. You know, it's over probably 38 years old or something. And yeah, I got lucky on that one. Oh, that is so But yeah, I, I mean, every detail, I'm going to do like every little detail on this thing. Oh, you got Down to, to the watch. Have you been to some yes. of the shooting locations of these films? I have not. No, I haven't gone as that far. I think that would be next on your list. (laughs) (laughs) I I would think so. If I find some time, I definitely would. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we haven't gotten to Command on Predator. I mean, that's just. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. Those those are definitely my favorite. We're talking with Jack Kobo about the knives from the 80s action films, the movies that have never really been topped. Uh, in my mind, the original <laughs> Predator, of course, the, the original uh, Rambo 1 and 2, and those knife makers are just iconic. Absolutely. I agree. Of course, Jack Crane, who was from Texas, and he was involved in a lot of stuff in the 80s. Can you tell us who Jack Crane was? Yeah, so Jack Crane was a Texas knife maker. Um, he made... A bunch of movie knives uh his most famous being from commando and predator but he did movie knives for other movies such as die hard demolition man um and a few others um just iconic he was you know he was a one-man show he designed the knives he built the knives himself he had nobody help him you know other than his wife who ran the business side but this guy was like brilliant yeah, he must have. Did you ever get a chance to meet the guy? No, I got I got into the collecting the cranes very late. I didn't have my first crane until 2012. 
So um, I actually spoke to him once on the phone, um, and that was it. Um, really? He passed away just a few years after that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in 2016. I think so. I think that's that's right. I, I wonder, yeah. I guess obviously the LS1, the, the knife we see in uh, Commando very prominently, yes. that was his I answer thought. to the first blood knife, correct? Did it did it exist before the movie Commando? Um, Honestly, I actually saw a magazine article and it had the LS1 in there, which in my opinion, it was the actual movie knife used in Commando. And there was like a little blurb saying that, you know, this was going to be used in First Blood Part 2. So I'm thinking that knife, you know, was made around 1984. And they were kind of toying around of, you know, maybe changing makers. But then, you know, obviously they went with the Lyle. And then that knife ended up going to Arnold in Commando. Yeah, that knife, Which you know, is, I have one of the original ones. That's the only one I have, a, a Jack Crane. And it, it just seems like, looking at it, it's far ahead of its time. Uh, it's yes. something like very, very heavy knife. Yeah, and it's very heavy. Yeah. And uh, it would yep. work, I guess, you know. I mean, would be, I guess you could cut a tree down with it like Arnold. I don't know. But, yeah, it's uh, built like a tank, that's for sure. Yeah, it is definitely... How many of them were built? Oh, I have no clue. Um, you know, because he did serialized sets. Um, he did a, a serialized set with the little dagger, and those were 25 of those. So right there, you know, you have only 25. And then, you know, because he... I, I don't know how the man found time to make all these knives. Like, especially Predator, which supposedly he made, like, 35 knives, you know, prop knives. He made all the knives, wooden, rubber. This guy did them all. So he must have not slept in the 80s. Yeah, there's no way, (laughs) you know, because people think about the average viewer sees Commando and they see the knife that Arnold has and they think that's all the involvement that particular knife maker would have. But like the knives that the bad guys have, the knives that Arnold throws at people, Jack Crane made made all of that stuff. He sure did. And the rigs and everything, the attachments, like, it's a lot of work, you know? Incredible amount of work. How he stayed on top of that. Yeah, because someone told me, you know, just the Predator machete alone would take him a month to make one. It took that much time and just... You know, the grinds on that thing are just insane. Just to get it right, you know. If you make one little slip or something, you got to start over. You know, it's like, yeah, it's crazy. And like, you know, so every team member on, I guess, in Predator has one. Yeah, that's why I heard. I heard every team member got a set of the three knives. That's what, you know, that was a word. That's what his ex wife actually told me that each team member got one, but. You know, sometimes it's very hard to really pinpoint what the actual numbers are. Yeah, I can but see yes. that. A lot of people, the casual observer, probably assume that the knife in Predator that Arnold carries is the knife that he has in Commando. But it's two different things. Yes. Can you kind of explain totally, that? What's, what the difference is? Um, well, the Commando knife, obviously, the saw teeth, that's the one glaring difference. And there's just a lot of differences. Top to bottom, the handle's different. The butt caps are different. Um, yeah, he just, you know, he designed a whole new series of knives for Predator. 
And, um, and you own some of the original knives from the movie, correct? I do. And, and, and which ones? Not and because how- I'm a big shot. <laughs> I, just out of luck. To be how honest did, with you. How did this happen? Because this fascinates me. Oh, you're going to love this story. Um, 2017, just surfing on eBay. Saw this beat up MCS Jack Crane combat knife. And I bought it for a song, and it turned out to be the screen used Predator knife. How did and I'm this sure happen? That, that wouldn't be the first time somebody bought a rare, rare prop on eBay, but that's how it happened. Um, somebody from Los Angeles just posted it, and they didn't know what they had. Oh, my And goodness. I saw it. I wasn't 100% sure at the time. I was just taking the gamble. And, you know, it, it, it paid off because I showed it to a lot of Jack Crane big-time collectors, and they knew right away what it was. The screen they knew right is away. The, the knife that Arnold has that he makes the spear yes, at the out end. of. It makes the spear yeah. and all that stuff. Oh, that yes, is so got great. the movie markings, movie markings and everything. But you realize the if, real deal. if Rambo's knife is worth a hundred thousand two years ago, Predator's knife has got to be way up there. Uh, I would think so. You know, the only problem is proving it because you know I don't have that provenance. But you know, I've seen others that just recently surfaced, and they have the same markings and everything. One actually has it in the same exact spot, so it's like. There weren't many used on film. I right. believe there's only two used on film. This one and another. And then you had a bunch of props as well. But Can, yeah, it, it was like one in a million that's for sure. Amazing. Can you tell us yeah. uh, who Joel Silver was? And I understand that a lot of the, the knives that are out there come out of an auction of the things he owned. Right. Well, yeah, he was a obviously the producer of all these great movies, Commando and Predator. And recently he sold a lot of his personal collection, which included all of these knives, included the crane knives. Um, the problem is, you know, like people think, oh, just because it's a producer, you know, that's the knife from that scene or that's the knife from this. Right. And that's not the way it works, you know. Like I can screen match all my knives. I could photo match it. With today's technology, with the telephone zooming in, you could see every little detail, especially on a handmade knife. Yeah. So there's like no question what it is. You know, people, you know, everybody always wants to be that person that says, oh, this is, that's mine. You know what I mean? So when I'm showing you photo evidence, it's hard to argue. Um, and that's not the only Predator screen use knife I got. Oh, you got your hands on more. I got one more, and like I said, you know, it found me. I didn't have to go hunting for it, and it's actually the scorpion kill knife that Mac uses yeah. when he stabs it on Carl Weather. Yes, Turn and that around. knife as well. Yes, screen used. I mean, I could screen match the scratches. It's a dirty blade. The shadows, everything screen matches. Exactly. Wow. And the thing with, with when you have custom knives, no two knives are the same. So there's no other hunter knife in the world that matches that scene. 
were were those unique. knives numbered or they just put an X or I mean how would they do that? If they knew it was gonna be used on a movie, no need to mark it up like something you did for retail, correct? Yeah, um some were marked like with numbers and some were marked with symbols. So, you know, and even just just looking at the blade, like some were wider, like the blades wider, some are, you know, the teeth, the profile just completely different and you know it's just little details like that and oh. that knife actually came directly from jack crane to the person's father that i bought it from oh that so, is so it was great. in it in his collection for over three three decades and you know i have the honor of having it in my collection today well i can't think of any a bigger fan to have it other than me <laughs> and and you know and that's the thing, you know, like, you know, people, you know, they could put these things in auction, probably get big money, but he wanted me to have it because he's seen my displays, he's seen my passion, you know, you know, we made a good deal. We were both happy and, you know, it's the friendships that you build that really important to me. That's what it's all Otherwise, I would, I would, I would, I would never have something like that. You know what I mean? So it's not going anywhere. I, I, you know, that was... That was a promise I made. I'm the same way about a lot of the stuff I have. It's, it's never going. It's you know. never leaving the family. Exactly. <laughs> well, Jack, thank you. Exactly. So, thank you so much for being on Guatney Unplugged. It was a lot of fun to talk this stuff with you. Well, no problem. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on again. Hey, we will have. We will be back next week with a brand new episode of Guatney Unplugged.